Exodus chapter 19. We'll be there in a minute. Uh, we've been talking about the different aspects of, of, of Christ, and uh, <clears throat> we are on page 54 in your book, uh, and then we will be in Exodus chapter 19. I don't know how far we're going to get in the book tonight, um, but uh, we'll see. (laughs) Okay, about two-thirds of the way down, it says, His deity is shown through worship. His deity is shown through worship. And I want to stop here. Uh, we, you know, I, I'm going to give you one blank tonight, and um, so, uh, well, we we may we may get to more in a minute, but um, right now I want to just I want to focus on this word worship uh, because one of the things Satan does is Satan redefines words, and when he does that, he distorts what the Bible is talking about. And I believe in our society today that this term worship has been twisted and distorted so that people today don't understand what true worship is. So I want to ask the question, what is worship? Well, it wasn't supposed to be easy. Okay. What what is worship? Now, one of the one of the catchphrases in a lot of churches is they will have teams in their church and they and they're called what? They're called worship teams. So so what that does in the eye of the person sitting in the audience is it says that worship is restricted to whatever this team does or or just the music. Okay. So my question again is what is worship? Okay. Well, I know, you know, (laughs) Well, yeah, I know, Um, but this I want I want to get some feedback. So, what is worship? Is yes. No. What is what is worship? Okay. Okay. That that would be a loving God out loud would be a a, definitely a way to do it. Uh, Any sort of reverence. Okay. Prayer. Okay. What else? Okay, being having a thankful heart, absolutely. Now, is music part of worship? Yes. A- absolutely. But the problem, the, the the thing is, it's it's just a small part. And when we have worship teams, then we are telling the people that everything else is just. Secondary, the worship happens when the music is on. 
And that is anything but true. So what is worship? Is, is, is preaching and listening to preaching, is that worship? Yes. Absolutely it is. Brandon? Okay, okay. What what is I'm gonna I'm gonna step on possibly step on some toes here, but that's okay. You'll get over it. Just build a bridge and get over it. Okay. What is one of the most precious methods of worship that we have access to, but we make such little deal of it. Wrong. Now that's a big one. Okay. Uh, music is no. But every church sings. Okay. Right. Okay. But okay. <clears throat> yes, ma'am. Being still is a good one, but that's not it. <laughs> okay. What 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 aspect of worship is probably the most important but the the most looked over? That would be a close second, I think. Okay. Lori? That's it. Giving. Giving. Okay. Now, now, think about this. Where do most churches in, the, in America today struggle? In our finances. And the reality is, if everybody in a church tithed, there would be no financial hardship in the church, period. But why is financial giving so important to worship it is a huge act of faith yes you can okay so but there's another kind of giving of ourselves absolutely yes time and talents absolutely Time, treasure, and talents. Those are the three T's in giving. But it, it is our worship through our giving that sets our hearts free. When we let go of that almighty dollar and we give it to God, we are setting ourselves free. And it is a form of worship that most people ignore. The reality is, now I don't, I don't know about our church, but I can tell you statistically in Christendom across the board, generally speaking, 10% of a congregation carries 90% of the financial weight. And that not ought to be. Worship. And 
the word worship appears 108 times in Scripture. So, do you think worship is important? Hello? Yes. Yes, yes. Right. Okay. Eugene Peterson wrote this. Worship is an act that uh, yeah, worship is an act that develops feelings for God, not a feeling for God that is expressed in an act of worship. Let, let me read that again because it's it can get a little Worship is an act that develops feelings for God, not a feeling for God that is expressed in an act of worship. So what is Eugene Peterson saying? Worship is an an intentional emotion that draws us closer to God. It is not an external action that whips us up into a frenzy. That is not worship. I don't know what it's called, but it's not worship. Worship is a, is a, is a choice that we make, and it is something that comes from within, not something that is generated from without. One of the <clears throat> one of the greatest lies I believe that Satan has fed churches across our country is that worship has to be worked up. In many churches uh, across our country, <clears throat> um, for lack of better terms, it's a it's it's a it's a show. And the goal of that show is to get you worked up so that you have, quote-unquote, an experience. That's not worship. Worship... It's one of those words that kind of It is. And, and worship <clears throat> has, does, cannot be worked up Worship must be prayed down. <clears throat> so, uh, Exodus chapter 19. Let's start reading in verse 10. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sacrifice, uh, excuse me, and sanctify them today. And tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes and be ready against uh, the third day. For the third day, the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt beset bounds unto the people 
round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves, that ye go not up into the mount, or touch the border of it. Whosoever toucheth the mount shall be uh, surely put to death. There shall not a hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through, whether it be uh, beast or man. It uh, shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time together. And Lord, I just ask that you would speak to our hearts and that you would encourage us and that you would open our eyes and help us to see a little bit more what worship really is all about. I'm so thankful and grateful for all you do. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> why, why do you think I would go to a, this obscure passage in Exodus to talk about worship? Okay. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Where Where were they? Mount Sinai. What What is Mount Sinai known as? Okay. Okay. It's It's known as the Mountain of God or the Mount of God. Okay. When Elijah ran away. You remember the story, Elijah? Okay, Elijah ran from Jezebel, right? Where did he run to? To the Mount of God. This is the same mountain that Moses gets the Ten Commandments, and it's the same mountain that Elijah ran to. And Elijah hides himself in a cave. Hopefully you remember the story. Yeah, I mentioned this. I mentioned this recently. Many theologians believe that the the same cave that Elijah used is the same cave Moses used. This is the mountain of God. The people of Israel. Why are they at the foot of the mountain of God? Okay, but why are they there? Okay, <laughs> they're okay. They're there to worship. Yes. Okay, they're there. They're there to worship. Now, um, what was the first thing? that Moses tells the people to do. And Lori already mentioned it. Okay, to clean themselves and to wash their clothes and to put on new clothes. Now now think about this. <clears throat> where <laughs> where are they going to get new clothes? 
Okay? Out of what? Okay? I mean, they're in the middle of the desert, wandering through the desert. You know, now they have animal skins and, and wool and different things and so on and so forth. But the... Okay, all right. My 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 bad on that. <clears throat> exactly. So 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 what what is what is the understood truth here? The understood truth is that because of the lack of water, guess what the people were not doing? Washing themselves and their clothes. But God tells them to wash. So, point number one, <clears throat> and, and I don't know if you want to keep notes. It, it, this is just an informal thing I threw together. But number one, never treat God's presence casually or flippantly. Why? God says, hey, when you come to worship me, you need to go and get cleaned up you need to wash, you need to wash your clothes because when you come before me, this is serious business. Um, it probably is, yes. In 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 20, it says, Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. So what did David do prior to worshipping? He did the same thing. Then he came to the house, and when he re, uh, required, they set uh, bread before him, and he did eat. What happened in First Samuel chapter chapter twelve, just prior to verse twenty? Anybody know? Okay. That's when his his son died. Okay, his his uh, illegitimate son with Bathsheba died. The problem with our world today is people want to get casual to worship God. Now, question. <clears throat> Will God take us as we are? Absolutely, he will. Absolutely. But does God want, want us to stay where we are? No. It's called sanctification. We are to be growing and to becoming more like him. So, <clears throat> number, number one, <clears throat> never treat God's presence casually or flippantly number two god is to be approached with reverence god is to be approached with reverence we, we see that in three ways the first way we see it is in righteousness the word righteousness is acting in accord uh, with divine or moral law free from guilt or sin i mean that that's an obvious that's an obvious thing Proverbs <clears throat> chapter 15, verse 9. The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but he uh, uh, loveth him that followeth after righteousness. 
the, the second way that we need to approach God uh, with reverence uh, is with restraint. And, and you think, okay, with restraint, what does that mean? Look at verse 12. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that ye go not up unto, excuse me, into the mount, or touch the border of it. Whosoever toucheth the mountain shall be surely put to death. God says, hey, you know, when, when you worship me, <clears throat> there are going to be boundaries. In other words, worship is not a free-for-all. What does, you know, God tells Moses here to set boundaries. And he even, they even stake it off so nobody, nobody can mistakenly go on to the mountain. They even post guards to keep people away. But we need to set boundaries. In other words, worship is not a free-for-all. The third way that we can approach with reverence is with respect. Look at verse 21. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go down and charge the people, lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish. What, it, what was God saying? The, the, the people were being disrespectful in their worship. They were gazing. They were, they were just, it was a show to them. And God says, no, this is not a show. This is serious business. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. For there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus' death, resurrection opened a new door for believers. And we have access to God through Jesus Christ, but in the Old Testament they didn't. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. In all of that, there is, a, there is an element of respect. Number three, God is avenged, or excuse me, God is angry at irreverent worship. God is angry at irreverent worship. I want to give you five inner in indicators of irreverent worship. <clears throat> the first one is boredom with the familiar. One of the things that I heard when I was in Bible college, I, I, I remember we had to go to chapel four days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And uh, four days a week, we had a, basically a church service. And <clears throat> pastors from all over the southeast would come in and, and they would preach and, and they would try to, to impart 
wisdom to us knuckleheads. And I remember sitting there in my first semester of college and a pastor made this statement. He said, do you know the easiest place to backslide? And I sat there and I thought, and I'm like, I have no clue. And he said, Bible college. He said, Bible college is the easiest place to backslide. Why, why do you think that is? <clears throat> nope. Because this book becomes a textbook. It's not, the, it's not the Word of God anymore. It's just a textbook. And we get, I'm sorry? Right. Yep. Boredom with the familiar. How many times have you sat in church listening to a sermon? And 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 granted you may be tired, but you just you just turn off and you drift away. We're all guilty of it. Why? Because it's it, it's boredom with the familiar, and that is a that is a danger that all of the, all of us can fall into. Where again? Where were they? They were at the foot of Mount Sinai. They were at the foot of the mountain of God. Look at uh, chapter nineteen in verse sixteen, and it came to pass. On the third day in the morning, that they were uh, that um, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mountain, and the voice of the uh, uh, trumpet exceeding loud, so that all the people that w- was in the camp trembled. We see them trembling at the presence of God. But they became bored with the familiar because what what happened just a few chapters later, those of you that are familiar with the story? Okay, they rebelled. And what did they do? Okay, they... they, Right. Okay, here one day they are trembling... At the at the trumpet and the cloud and the and the, the the just in the awe of God, and within just a few short days, they're building golden images. Why? Because they became bored with the familiar. Yes. The other thing that <clears throat> we the the other indicator of irreverent worship is seeking an experience. Seeking an experience. Instead of worshiping God, we seek for an experience that our emotions can be stirred. What did the people tell Aaron? Make us a God. Why? 
so that they could experience their worship. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The fifth indicator of irreverent worship. And this one, this one's going to hurt. Stubborn heart. Stubborn heart. Look at verse 4. Okay, back to... All right, what? I messed up. Anyway, I forgot to write what chapter, but it's verse 4 and verse 9. It talks about them being a stiff-necked people. I I missed the chapter on that one. Anyway, you can look it up. But in in verses 4 and 9 of whatever chapter it is, uh, they're called a stiff-necked people. Now, the other day, I woke up with a stiff neck. Isn't that a lovely thing? Don't you love it when you when you can't move and you and you have to do this? You, you know. What is a in the Bible? What is what is characteristic of a stick ne- a stiff necked people? Stubborn. Stubborn. I, I, I visualize a horse with a pit in its mouth and you can't get it to Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know what I did here, but I forgot to write the chapters down on all of these. Anyway, you just have to bear with me. I, I just, um, I just like I said, I just kind of threw this together. I'm sorry. Um, uh, the the fifth indicator is a lack of patience, verse eight of whatever chapter it is. Um, Chris, have you written that down yet? I'm set the project. Yes, I. <laughs> you know they're typing furiously back. Yeah. Then. No, really, they are. <laughs> Did y'all find the stiff neck passage? Oh. It is 32.9. 32. That's it. That's it. I knew that, and I totally spaced on it. Well, it's, it's mentioned several times. Yeah, but but verses four and nine. Look at look at uh, verse eight. Lack of patience is the fourth indicator of an irreverent worship. Look at verse 8. And they have turned aside quickly, but uh, uh, quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it and have sanctified unto it and said... Uh, these be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Again, back at the beginning of verse eight, how 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 did they how did they turn away quickly? Very very impatient. Now, how many of you uh, would say that patience is your greatest virtue? 
<laughs> Brandon, okay, good for you. <clears throat> uh, we we just know, you, you know where you, do you do you know where you go for lying in church? <laughs> True worship takes time and patience. If we have to hurry it and work it up, then it's not worship. And then the last ident- uh, indicator of irreverent worship is feeding the flesh. Feeding the flesh. Look at uh, verse 6. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. Look at verse 25. And Moses saw the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies. What do you think the word naked means? Out of control? Yeah, it is, it is the, 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 the idea of somebody who is just set, set loose, set free. There you go. There, there you go. That would be that would be exactly what uh, what this word is talking about. Uh, and most recently, it would be the what is that zone that they're talking about? Innovation. That yeah, the innovation zone is the same thing. Yeah, the governor wants to. Yeah. So, <clears throat> again, I want to go back and I want to talk about. I want to talk about what worship is. So, what what is worship? Anybody? Come on, we just spent all this time talking about it. What what is worship? A reverent heart towards God. Okay. Okay, David? Okay. Basically, in a nutshell, worship is a choice. It's a choice that we make. We worship God because we choose to, not because we're worked up into a frenzy. We worship God because we choose to. And if I had to sum up, at least in my opinion, what worship is, that's what it, what, what it would be, is it would be a choice. So, having said that, let's go back to our book. <clears throat> His deity is shown through worship. The Bible tells us plainly that we are to worship God only. Look at, uh, turn over to Luke. Chapter 4. And Jesus uh, answered and said unto him, 
Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt love, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Yet throughout the Gospels, we see many people worship Jesus, and he never stopped a single one of them. Later in the New Testament, uh, we even see that God the Father commanded the angels to worship him. The wise men came to worship him in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2, saying, Wherefore is he that is born king of the Jews? And we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Matthew, uh, uh, those in the ship worshiped him in Matthew 14, 33. Then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Now, before we go on, those of you that are familiar with the New Testament, what happened when, after Jesus ascended and went to heaven, what happened when people tried to worship the apostles? They said, they said, don't, don't worship us. They, they refused to. So that in itself, that the fact that Jesus allowed worship of him is, is an incredible thing. <clears throat> uh, a healed blind man worshiped him in John chapter 9, verse 38. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. The father commanded the angels to worship him in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 6 uh, and again then he bringeth in the f- first begotten into the world he saith and let all the angels of God worship him Was it? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, can we stop? Uh, my 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 head is just killing me. Um, um, <clears throat> 